Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, I'm Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast series. I invite guests who have had somewhere in their life a struggle with speaking up, or in some way they have held them back from being all they could be with their voice and their message and what they have to offer in this world. Today, I am interviewing Reagan Nelson, and I want to tell you a little bit about her. She's an entrepreneur, educator, and positive change maker. Isn't that a wonderful phrase, positive change maker? She holds a BS and an MS in exercise physiology and has 16 years of experience working in innovation and consumer insights in the consumer goods industry. And she's had six years of what she spent at Nike. Reagan is a sustaining member of the Junior League of Portland, where she served for two years on the board of directors as the executive vice president and community vice president, among other leadership positions. And guess what? She has her own podcast and it's called This or Something Better. And that's where Reagan shares stories of innovators and positive change makers committed to making the world better. Oh, that sounds wonderful. We're we're talking today about how the world can get better too. So Reagan's own quest for something better comes through her work as a senior director with Beauty Counter. And Reagan is passionate about health education. She's an advocate for more health protective legislation over the personal care industry. Oh, Reagan, you're uh, very, very active and very committed. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Yes. And as I said, usually people who come on this show are struggling or have struggled in some ways with anxiety about speaking. And in your story, it sounds like it wasn't so much a struggle about uh, public speaking and and feeling like you didn't have a voice. So tell us your your interpretation of what ha- not having a voice meant. Yeah, so that's interesting. It's funny you by just saying that you reminded me that I was actually the um district champion in after dinner speaking when I was in high school. <laughs> I I was given the option to either take the final for the class, the speech class, or go to districts and compete. And so I went and I, I won my category and then had to go on to the state competition. So speaking has never been a real challenge for me. I have always been outgoing. I was a master seller of Girl Scout cookies, was never afraid to make the ask. But I was never speaking out of about, against for something that I was passionate about. Um, I have a sister who was involved in politics, a father who is and was involved in politics. And I'm the peacemaker of the family. And so I always like to make sure that everyone's happy, a bit of a a mediator, if you will. 
And so I would, I, and I liked to keep the peace. And so I really never felt that I had anything that I was truly passionate enough about to put my time and energy and my voice behind. That is such a great uh, illustration of all the ways in which I've been interviewing people about finding their voice, because it sounds like, well, in some ways, you had a voice. You won some contests and you stood in front of, it sounds like, uh, judges who evaluated your speeches and said, yay, you, and you got awards. But uh, that was that's all part of school, isn't it? Like yeah. showing up and being a good student. And um, in a way, it's almost like performance. Yeah, it very was. It was very much so that for me, it was sort of, you know, checking the box a bit, um, just doing the things to do the things to get out of the the final in the case of my speaking career. But it never it never had intention behind it. I was never um, I wasn't on the student body. My sister actually was, so she was very involved in like speaking out for things that in our in that case that students believed in. But I just I never found that platform to be for me until much, much later in life. And it sounds like that really wasn't something that was calling you to be a speaker or to represent something in this world. Uh, And I'm not sure that's, that's what it seems like that. Yeah, no, I never, I never really had a calling. Um, You know, I talk, I think we talk a lot about like servant leadership or um, being of service to your country or being of service to uh, a community member and speaking out, being involved in community initiatives. And and that was never me. I never had this uh, kind of gumption to go out and change the world, if you will. I never felt motivated in that regard. It was maybe, I think, youth, um, not that all youth are selfish, but I was definitely like focused on my studies and my career and achieving the goals that I set for myself. And, you know, that was included getting my job at Nike and creating a professional career that was, you know, of substance. And then it wasn't really until I left there and I partnered with Beauty Counter that I realized how important it is to use your voice for change. And that small groups of people coming together to speak up about something they're passionate about can really make a big impact. Oh, you're you're really speaking my language now. And I think that's what you just said. Speaking up for change is what's going to resonate with listeners today. So what was the, if you can go back and kind of sense of what the change process was for you, like, you know, you're, you're, a professional, you're out in the world, you're working and yeah, you're really committed. You, you feel like somebody who shows up fully. Uh, but what, what was it that said, oh, let me stand up for change and be a voice? Well, I've always been a huge advocate for health, obviously with my background in exercise physiology, I've studied health and wellness for a very long time. It's been a part of my personal life and professional life for 20 25 years, um, almost that. And it was always something that, you know, really was a driver in personal decisions that I made. 
And at the same time, you know, I was always trying to impart my influence around, you know, those around me, on those around me, uh, my family, especially, they're probably tired of hearing about, you know, how they should be eating and exercising many years later. But when I, I became more aware of this issue around our personal care products and personal safety and the ingredients that we can put in our personal care products and how those impact our health. It really forced me to look at my, my, my life in a very different way. And I had always, you know, exercised and eaten well, but to be quite honest, I was not paying attention to the plastic bags that I was using and what those, what might be in them and, you know, what snacks I'm putting into the plastic bags or thinking about the lotion that I put on my body and what the ingredients are and how those absorb into my skin and impact me. And honestly, I'm very fortunate and probably, I don't want to say in the minority, but it's definitely not the majority. There are a lot of women who struggled with infertility, women, you know, my peers, family members, or have cancer or some sort of autoimmune disease. And I'm almost finding that that's more of the majority than it is the minority these days. And when I learned that these ingredients in our personal care products are playing a role in that, I felt this obligation to speak out. I just, I, I love my family and friends and I want to protect them in every way, shape and form. Um, My dad lost his parents at a very young age, both to cancer before they were 60. He also lost his brother um, at 40 to cancer. And I don't know if it was because I didn't know them. And there was this sort of, you know, like family, a very large sense of family loss that, that I feel a greater sense of responsibility to protect my family. My parents might say it's like worry, but I'm, you know, I'm always like, did you make it safely? (laughs) But I I just, I want to keep the people close to me healthy and happy and around me for as long as I can. And when I learned that our personal care products could be impacting our health in a negative way. I just felt like it was my job to sing it from the rooftops. Oh, I love it. I love hearing singing it from the rooftops. And so you're talking about personal care products, lotions, lipsticks, yep. mascaras, hair, all the things, anything we put onto our body as a physiologist, I will tell you your body is your, your skin is your largest organ And anything that you put on it will absorb into it and into your bloodstream, just like anything you eat. And unfortunately, the personal care industry is vastly underregulated. So to give you some perspective, uh, the last time we passed a major piece of legislation over the industry, which is, I think, around $80 billion now, was 1938, which is a very long time ago. Yes. And the law... And the laws that govern this, you know, billion, billion dollar industry were, are about a a page and a half long. And that's, it's not because people don't care or the FDA doesn't want to keep, you know, Americans in this case, health, health, healthy and safe, but there's just not rules. And so Right now, you can put formaldehyde in baby lotion, and you can put things like um, oxybenzone, which is known to kill coral reefs in sunscreen, and you can put coal tar and mas- mascara and parabens and pretty much everything. And 
many of those ingredients are known to have negative impacts on human health. Well, I get that uh, from way back when, when you chose your career or chose your profession, when you went to school, it was health. And wasn't it uh, something already that you didn't know was calling you to get closer and closer? And I think there was a time, my sense, and this is what I think all of us who are listening to you today need to at least have the willingness to look at what we are if our skin is this big organ and we're feeding it, what are we feeding it? Poisons? Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's a journey for everyone. You know, my journey was not uh, a slow one. It's taken, you know, I've been using beauty counter products for over seven years. I've been working with the company for about three and a half and I'm constantly learning and growing. And as I learn and grow, I feel, again, obligated to share this knowledge because it's really not commonplace. And most Americans assume that if you go to the grocery store or a drugstore that you can pull some you know, lotion off the shelf and that it's not going to be harmful to you. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And so I, I take a lot of satisfaction and joy out of sharing this information so that again, the people around me can be healthier and safer and that so that we can all have long fulfilling lives in which, you know, to your podcast, we can all use our voice to speak out about the things that, you know, make us passionate. This just happens to be the thing I'm passionate about. Yes. What I like about you using your voice is that the joy does come, the passion, but the joy does come through as well as your Oh, your commitment to protection. I heard that a lot. Are are you the oldest sister? Uh, I actually have a twin sister. Oh, 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 well, I'm an older sister. So I was thinking, and you know, my sister, Ginny. Yes. And uh, a private fact here is I do use products of Beauty Counter got introduced to Reagan through my sister, and we are really having a good time with the idea that what we're putting on our skins nowadays is what you call clean. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so say something about what clean means. It's actually something that we're working Beauty Counter as a company to define. Um, right now, there are very little, as I said, very little standards within the beauty industry. So you can just because something's natural doesn't mean it's safe. Lead is natural. We don't want it in our color cosmetics. Um, so we're working to define what that means, clean. But for Beauty Counter, clean means that our products are free of over 1,800 ingredients that are commonly used in personal care products and that are known to have either um, either be chemicals of concern, which means that there's not a lot of data to know how they impact human health, or they are known to be carcinogens, uh, neurotoxins, endocrine disruptors, hormone disruptors, and those sorts of things. So that's what clean means to us. In the United States, we only restrict 30 ingredients from personal care products. In the European Union, it's about 1,400. So yeah, it's a big, it's a very big difference. Canada is around 600. So I think, you know, for us, clean is is about what we're not putting into the products. And then also a commitment to transparency in sharing 
exactly what it is as opposed to hiding behind um, like the fragrance. Fragrance is, is one of those ingredients in the industry where you can put five things in your fragrance or you could put 150, but they're considered trade secrets. So that means that the company doesn't have to share what those ingredients are. So clean has multi-levels within, within Beauty Counter. We're a B corporation. So that also means that we have ethical supply chain practices. But when it comes down to it, for me, I think for everyone, if you want to just look at the basis of clean, it's just making sure that the ingredients in your in your products that you're putting onto your largest organ are not going to have um, a potentially negative impact on your health. Great. Well, I really wasn't intending it to be a shout out for Beauty Counter. I just wanted to have your story about how you found your voice, but it's also really, really important now that you do have a voice and you have a platform with me here today to uh, like you say, stand on the roof and sing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as you said, I have a, a joy and a passion for it. And that, you know, that desire to share really prompted my podcast as well, where I wanted to share stories of all sorts of people who are positive change makers and innovators doing things to make the world better. And that, you know, that's been a really fun fun new experience for me as well. Yes. If you think about the skin as a metaphor, you know, we could look at the earth has its own skin. And uh, so anyway, the whole universe has a skin <laughs> and protecting it, protecting our environment and our bodies, I can say is, is like an environment. And um, I like, I like what you said about protecting protecting ourselves, protecting our families. And I, I see just the wider implications about protecting our world, our globe, our universe, our earth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, thinking about how the decisions we make impact ourselves and you know, I always tell my daughter, think about the decision you're making and what impact does it have on you, your family and your community. And if for any of those things, you can say the impact is questionable, then it's probably not a good idea. Yes. And I think that what you just said around that, that question about decisions, usually a voice, your voice is what makes that decision. And if your voice is impact, look at where your voice is rippling out to and what the impact is. And um, I'm learning a lot too, just about a voice in listening to you and then uh, applying it to the wider realm of how we live our lives and uh, what decisions we make and how this, how we are all connected in a way, you know, like um, the poisons I put on my body without knowing it, uh, I'm sure have some impact on um, the people I hug. <laughs> Well, the good news is that most of these things leave our systems within a relatively, you know, short amount of time. So I always like people to know that it's not too late. Um, you know, like I said, I began my journey seven years ago. That means for a very long time, I was using things that I didn't know that could be impacting my health. But, uh, you know, it's about progress, not perfection. And I, I think that's really when it comes to speaking out too. like, don't be afraid to use your voice. Don't be afraid to make a change. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, my journey started with you seven weeks ago. So yeah. <laughs> I'm on my way 
to a cleaner living myself. So uh, what you just said, I think is a fabulous last line, but I'd like to give you a little more opportunity to share whatever comes up for you to close our time today. Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I would like to share with people is don't be afraid to take your passion, whatever that might be, and put it into action. So that could be, for me, it's my beauty counter business. It's also through the podcast. And what you will find when you practice being courageous in a way, stepping outside of your comfort zone and um, you know, speaking up or acting up, I don't want to say acting out because that makes it sound you know, negative, but you know, try the things, do the hard uh, asks, whatever it might be, because the more you do them, the easier it gets. Um, you know, my confidence in speaking about these issues that I'm passionate about is far greater today than it was three and a half years ago. And that's not, be, you know, that's not coincidence. <laughs> it's because I've practiced. And so I just encourage you to, you know, practice the hard things. Yes. And I also, you must have been educating yourself too, because that's a lot of information even today that you gave us. And there's much, much more, I'm sure. To Yes, for sure. Yeah. And the more you say it, the easier it comes. Yeah. And, and uh, what I like today in my last uh, thought about being with you is your belief. I'm t- so touched by, and I think that's what happens when people are in their fire and in their passion is that you radiate out to others and you ignite us and inspire us. You teach us and we change because of, of voices like yours. Thank you, Reagan. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's for me, that's what it's all about. So that's music to my ears. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.